What does your email inbox look like? If it looks anything like mine, it's 90% shopping websites that I've signed up for the discount, you know, the little pop-up menu, and says, sign up now for 20% off your first order that I never end up using. And now I'm ticked when they show up in my inbox every dang day. So what do I do? I of course ignore my inbox. And then when I finally get the strength to check it, I scan for the important stuff. The emails from my girl's teachers, the room mom responsibilities, the online bills, the neighborhood newsletter, and then I close it out until the next time. But on the flip side, as a small business owner, I want everyone to open my emails, except the stats don't lie. Nowadays, only 20% of marketing emails are opened. Clearly, no one is checking their emails anymore. Unless you still have that AOL email address. Then you do you, babe. You do you. It is time to reach your customers where they want to be reached. In fact, 75% of your customers prefer you quit using their email and they want you to use text messages instead. And how about this? 98% of text marketing messages are opened. If I'm doing my math right, I believe that's greater than 20%. Project Broadcast is the solution you're looking for. Keep your business in the palm of your customer's hand. It's personal, it's you, it's your business. Use the link in the show notes to receive 500 free text credits to start. I have been using it for a year now and I have seen a huge increase in my customer loyalty, my sales, and my customer engagement. Those are big business wins. To get those 500 free credits, go to www.projectbroadcast.com backslash question mark VIA equal girl boss rehab. The link's also in the show notes, y'all. Do you have a reservation? What's the name? Oh, yes, here you are. So glad you're here. I've been expecting you. I'm Tori Shira. But you already knew that, didn't you? Are you ready to fall in love with your direct sales business and purpose again? Well, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Girl Boss Rehab. GBR family, Girl Boss Rehab family. It is so good to sit here and chat with you. Oh my goodness. I just, I treasure this moment. Not just because my entire house is family free <laughs> uh, and, and quiet for the most part. So if you hear a dog barking in the background, I apologize. But I, I'm, just, I'm just happy to be here. I'm just happy to have the privilege of a small fraction of your day, a small fraction of your week, and for you to tune in and to be here with me. And I'm so, so thankful for that. Today, I want to talk to you about clenched fists. Okay. So I'm probably going to have to post a graphic about this because I want to make sure like you understand what I'm talking about. Do you know that there are traps that they're not raccoon traps? There's some kind of animal trap 
Don't I sound like an experienced um, hunter or wildlife expert? I am not. But there is a trap, and I think there's a specific name for it. And if you know it, message me so I can say what it is. But where you stick your, like the animal sticks its paw in, I was about to say hand, but paw in the trap to grab the bait, the food, whatever's in there, okay? And so they've got their hand wrapped around We'll call it bait. It's a trap. The bait. And then they try to pull their paw out and can't because the trap hole is only big enough. If they let go of it, they could slide their hand back out. But because they are clenching something, their fist is too big to get out. The only way for them to untrap themselves is to let go. Does that make sense? That visual, that audio visual come to mind? So that's, I want you to have that visual in mind. The other visual, when, when I'm talking about this kind of thing, the other visual I want you to think of too is a set of handcuffs, right? Now, I've never been handcuffed. I promise, mom, I've never been handcuffed. Andrew, I've never been arrested. So I just had to make that public announcement for my family members. Just so they know that I'm not speaking from experience somehow. So, but anyways, if you were to be wearing handcuffs, okay, your hands are in front of you. We're going to say in front of you, not not behind the back. Well, actually, behind your back, actually. If they're behind you too. Anyways, the point is, is that your, your wrists are tied together. And again, like the natural... Form of the hand in the handcuffs is like your hand is kind of like clenched. You're holding things on, right? But it's the visual of like this, the handcuffs. You're locked in. When your hands are closed, okay, you're clenched like that. It's like you're you're handcuffed together. And the idea is the purpose of handcuffs are not to be able to move, right? So the clenching of hands. Okay, I want you to think about your life. And I want you to think about there's something in your life. I guarantee it. If there's not, if it's not one thing, it's most of us, there's multiple things, okay? That we hold with clenched fists all the time. A popular one would be children. (laughs) Don't you wish you could just shake them? No, I'm kidding. As parents, we're holding them tight, clenched in our fists because We want to be able to protect them. We're trying to protect them from things. We're trying to protect them from, you know, getting hurt or being bullied or just the reality. We want them to be children as long as possible. Uh, You know, we we don't want them to be exposed to the things that they, they don't need to be exposed to. But a lot of times we hold them so closely in our clenched fists, okay, that we forget whose children they they are first. They're your children, absolutely. But before they were even a thought in your mind or a baby in your womb, God knew who they were first and they were his children first. So when we're holding our children with clenched fists, there's a lot we're trying to control the situation, right? You know, it's the idea. It's it's the the situation where the parent 
tells the kid that he's got to go to college. You're you're going to go to college. And the kid is like, that is not what I want to do. I want to go to this or, you know, and and we're trying to control, protect, hold on to our children because we're like, well, we know best. We know best. I, I promise. I mean, and, and now granted, most of the time we do know best. Okay. But there are times where our children, if they are have a full relationship with God, where he's speaking to them and their calling was not a conference call with mom and dad. How often do we think about that? Or their, your children's gifting? That was not a conference call with you. Oh, you don't get to choose what God's will is for your kid's life. Wow. How did this turn into a parenting podcast? Sorry. But you understand what I'm saying. And I hope, again, these clenched fists, the paw in the trap that's holding on to something, okay, they're locked in. Like, you are trapping yourself, okay? Like, think of yourself with your hand holding on to your children and going, I, I've i got it, Lord. I've got it. They'll, I'm, I'm, I'm going to protect them. You told me to protect them. I'm going to protect them. I know it's best for them. So I'm going to do this and I've got them. And God's going, open your hand, let them go. Open your hand. No, no, Lord, I've got them. I've got this. No, no, no. I, I'm going to make him go to college. It's fine. He needs a four-year degree because he doesn't know what he wants to do now, but he will. And it's fine. I've got it. Open your hand. They are mine first. They are mine first. And so many times, we're not willing to open our hand to let go of what we think we should be holding on to. In reality, our hands should always be open. There is nothing on this earth, nothing on this earth, no one on this earth that we should be holding in clinch fist. No idea. There's nothing. I mean, in reality, If you are following Jesus and truly believe that he has got a plan for your life and that you want to obey him in obedience, your job is to leave your hands open. When our hands are completely open to the Lord, he giveth and he taketh away. And that goes for anything. That goes for relationships. That goes for businesses. That goes for... All things, things like I don't even want to think about. I don't want to even contemplate what my life would be if he decided to take something or someone away. And it wasn't until I realized, for me, the aha moment was when I finally, finally unclenched my hands around a rank, around this promotion, around a title in my business, finally, because I was holding on so tightly to what I thought was my calling as, of course, I'm going to be there. Da, 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 da. You know, like I, I see myself on a stage and I still have that, that God-given vision. And I, I was holding on to that rank, that promotion, that career title, because I thought that was the vehicle that was going to get me on the stage. And so I was holding on to it, holding on to my direct sales business like this, but like, oh my gosh, this is, if I, if I can't make this work, then, then, then I, I, 
I've ruined this. And this is the only way that I can make an extra income for my family. And this is, you know, clearly this is what God has got. He brought me to it and I'm going to do this. Da, da, da. Well, that's true. He did bring me to this business. He has sustained this business. This is his business. If he closed the door tomorrow and said, Tori, I don't want you to do any network marketing ever again, I'm closing this door. The company that I've been with for six years, seven years, there would be a grieving process. Do not get me wrong. Just because I he's taken something away doesn't make me any less sad about losing it. There was a grieving process when I finally handed over my idea of what this rank was. It was a long grieving process, longer than I'd like to admit, but there was purpose in it. And y'all, like on the other side of that grief, there's so much peace. There is so much more joy because he took something away from me. He took something that was never meant for me. Am I saying that that promotion and that rank is never meant for me? No. What I'm saying was the act of closing my hand upon that rank or that idea or this job, this business, my direct sales business, that was not meant for me. Being tired all the time is like a badge of honor now. Oh, you haven't slept in a full week? Well, I may have slept, but I wake up like I feel like I just got hit by a truck. And how many times do we catch ourselves scanning the pantry or illuminating the kitchen with just the light from the fridge because I want something. I just don't know what. Wouldn't it be amazing if we could hit an actual reset button on our bodies just like we do on our phones when they start acting wonky? Y'all, now we can. I'm not kidding. In three days, you can feel healthier and more confident. Reset helps you reimagine your health, remove the roadblocks, and reset your course for health. With this three-day nutritionally supported fast, aka you won't starve. You're getting 68 grams of protein. Can I get a hallelujah? You are resetting your metabolic system on a cellular level. There is not enough fitness classes in the world that can do that, y'all. Go to crazyfaithmama.com backslash reset and get yours today. For the first 50, you'll see a promo code to get 10% off. So don't wait. Time to press the reset button on your body. Do you realize your hands are, when they are open, they're more relaxed. They're more like, there's no tension. It's when you're clenching the fist and holding on to something that the muscles contract and that there's a lot more tension. You clench your fist long enough, your, your fingers start to cramp up, right? Or your forearm starts to hurt. We can't live that way with anything. I think the first time I, I take back, it was not the letting go of the promotion or the idea of the rank in these clinch fists. That was not the first time that God removed something from my hands. The first time would be in a, um, a season of my marriage. And when I gave up the control that, I th- <laughs> that you think you have, right? When I gave up, I had this idea that like, I mean, I was in my 20s. Whoa. And this thought of like, I, I finally laid it in front of it. I surrendered my marriage. 
I didn't just surrender my marriage. I surrendered that relationship, period. Like, even the space for it. I will go on record and say I am not Andrew's Holy Spirit, uh, much to my demise. I did apply for the job. I was rejected. And so there was a moment in my marriage where I literally was sitting in my closet and I can remember it and I can say, God, this is yours. I'm tired. And again, when you're clenching your fist and holding on to something because you think that you're going to lose it or you're about to lose it or, you know, like you don't want to lose, like you're so tired. Your whole body will start. If you're holding it on something so tight, you can hear my teeth clenched. My shoulders are up. Like your whole, the whole rest of you suffers for this thing. But when I finally said, God, okay, if this marriage is done, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be fine because I know you will provide and that this is yours. This marriage is yours. This life is yours. My life is yours. And if I am supposed to be alone, if I spend the rest of my days not with anyone, this marriage is not repaired, whatever happens, I'm going to be okay. But it was in that moment when I had to surrender everything. So up to this point, I mean, if you're taking notes, I have surrendered my marriage. God called me to my knees to surrender my marriage and hand that over to him. And God has called me to surrender over my business and hand that to him. And when I gave my life to Christ, that was the beginning of surrendering my entire life. That's what I agreed to. I agreed to surrender all of that to him. His plan is much greater than mine. Thank the Lord. I mean, I'm an excellent planner, and I, while I do think that I would do a fairly decent job, I am so thankful I am not the one planning my life. Because here's the other part. Have you seen the meme of, I don't even, th- I don't think meme is the right word for it. It's a graphic. It's a graphic of Jesus, okay, on his knees, reaching out to this little girl who's holding a teddy bear. Okay. And Jesus says, please hand me the teddy bear. I have something so much better for you. And she's like, but I love the teddy bear. And she's holding onto the teddy bear so tight. But what she doesn't see is that one hand, I wish y'all could see me now. I'm motioning all of this, is that behind Jesus's back in one hand is a teddy bear that's four times bigger than the one she's holding. Come on, if that doesn't make you tear up and go, okay. No, I mean, seriously, though, because we don't have the privilege to see what God has got for us. But if we never let go of what is in our hand, if we never literally open our palms and let him take things out of it, because here's the other thing, too, is when you have clenched fists, you can't receive anything else. What? Yeah. When you have clenched fists... There may be something that God wants to give you, but he can't give you until you let that bait and the trap go. Let it go. Because here's the deal. If your hands are open, you may receive the bait or something better than the bait. And then some. Oh, yeah. And then something else. Because you can fit so much more in your hand when it is open and not clenched onto something, 
Like, y'all, I can fit an entire box. If my hand is open, I can hold my laptop in in one hand, completely flat. I cannot hold my entire laptop with a clenched fist. My phone won't even fit in my clenched fist. What are you missing out on because you won't open up your freaking hands? Y'all, and this is something I deal with every single day. So don't think that I've got this mastered. I, God has just given me this visual because he, he so kindly uses it very often in my life. <laughs> so, so I figured I have to tell you. I mean, let's, that's what this podcast is most of the time anyways, is things that God has done through my life and things that he's taught me. And I'm sharing those with you so you don't have to make the same mistakes that I did so that you can hear it a different way. Maybe you've been hearing your pastor talk to, talk to you about this, but you needed to hear it from a different perspective. I don't know. Again, this podcast, I love podcasting. Okay. I love it. It's fun. I like it. I like going to podcasting events. I like being a podcaster. It's silly. It's silly, but I find great joy in this, okay? I want to teach other people how to podcast and create a podcast and get their message out there very cost-effectively. If that is something that you would like to do and think that is season that God is calling to you, hence our previous episode, I would love to talk to you about that and help you make that a reality. However, my hand is open on this podcast. If he says, Tori, you're not going to post another Girl Boss Rehab episode ever again, you're done. I would be sad. Again, there's a grieving process. Like you're allowed to have those feelings, but don't let those feelings rule you. You don't have to feel obedient to be obedient. Being obedient is a decision. Being disciplined is a decision. Feeling motivated. Motivation is a feeling. Love is a choice. Okay? Like I choose to love my husband every single day. In love is a feeling. I choose to love him every single day. (laughs) You have no idea what God has got behind his back. And you will never know until you have open up hands and you let him take whatever he wants to take. God giveth and God taketh away. I mean, look at some of the men. I mean, Job. I mean, the whole story of Job, basically, Satan was like, hey, you're righteous man, Job. I bet I can turn him against you. And God said, okay, try it. You just can't take his life. Like, Job experienced every single heartbreak you could possibly imagine on planet, right? He lost his family. He lost his health. He had friends who gave him... They thought they were giving him advice, godly advice. They weren't. I mean, he lost it all and he still prayed and thanked God. And God redeemed everything and then some. Like, God doesn't want to take something away to punish you. Granted, there are consequences to actions. Not all consequences are bad, but consequences to actions. So maybe an action you did, the consequence is something he's got to take it away. But he's not taking anything away from you to punish you, 
If you will let him, he will bless you beyond measure. I'm not talking a financial blessing. The Bible makes no promises of that. However, you can't accept anything else if you're clenching on to whatever you have. Okay, okay, I'm going to go ahead and share this one. And one of my greatest fears, and I think this goes for any parent, is the loss of a child. Hmm. I cannot imagine that feeling. I don't even want to think about it. But a thought that just came to my mind was, again, Romans scripture, God will use everything for the good of those who love him. He's not saying that everything that happens to us is good. He's saying that everything that happens to us, he will use for good. We will experience trials and tribulations, pain, suffering, sadness, illness, death of loved ones. I mean, we live in a broken world. That is all. Everything is on the table here. But I rest in the promise that he will use everything for the good of those who love him. And the story that that he just brought to my mind was actually um, a story of a church in Texas, Den Bible Church. And if somebody's listening and knows the like the real specifics of it, let me know. And I'll come back and I'll say this. But from my understanding, the story of the Denton Bible Church, and that's a big church, y'all. Big, big, big church. It's a mega church in Dallas and or outside of Dallas. And it was four couples, and one of the couples lost their daughter, I believe, due to illness. And it was through those four couples. They continued to meet regularly. Other families saw, other couples saw how the couple that lost their child, believe it was a daughter, how they were continuing to love and serve God in the midst of their pain and suffering. And that continued to grow. That circle of influence and impact continued to grow. And because that circle of influence and impact continued to grow, those people, those four couples that started meeting together in the midst of pain and suffering and loss, has then, it became Denton Bible Church. Granted, it didn't start, it wasn't an overnight mega church. But here's the takeaway. The takeaway is even in the midst of our pain and suffering, when we are still praising him, still worshiping and loving him, no matter what he's taken away from us, okay? We may never know on the side of heaven what he uses that for. But think about in a church that's huge, think how many people have grown closer to Christ. Think how many missionaries they've sent out in the world. Think about how many people have come to Christ. Think about the children's program of how many kids have learned the name of Jesus because of that church. The impact, the giving that they give in the community of Denton, the money that they support other missionaries for. Like, something as simple as that church provides jobs for individuals so they can continue to teach and spread the word of Jesus. And y'all, like, I know... I And if you're a parent, you know this. I bet you anything that the parents that lost the child would do 
anything. They would do, they would give up anything to have that child back. Anything. I mean, that's naturally. And yet God used that to create such an impact and glory for his kingdom that those parents can look at that and go, oh, you use everything for the good of those who love you. I mean, come on. I know that's an example. And honestly, I, I question even using it and, and putting those words out into the universe. But it is a promise of his. And if you are clenching something so tight, even if it's the loss of a child, and you're clenching it so tight, how can he put anything good back in your hand? How can he put anything else in there? Not to replace. I mean, nothing can replace. You can still have grief of the things that he's taking from you, and that is okay. You can have grief over the life that you thought you were going to have. You can have grief over the business that you thought you were going to have, the career you thought you were going to have, the marriage that you thought you were going to have, the friendship that you thought you were going to have. You, ha- you can have grief. You can feel those feelings. You can also take them to God because he can handle it all. So you just tell him, be like, I'm mad and I am sad and I am angry that this is not what I envisioned, Lord. He can handle it, I promise. But if you don't, if you are holding on to all those feelings, the anger, the mad, the sad, he can, he can never put anything back there because your hand is too full of all that stuff. You can open your hand and still be grieving, but it takes an act of surrender. I mean, think of your life. Think of the life, different seasons of your life that you've grieved. Like, and you can still grieve things. I met Andrew <laughs> when I was in high school and got to know him more or less the like fall. But my first semester of college, I started dating my husband. Can I say talk about a college buzzkill? I mean, there is a whole college life that I have grieved. And that's okay. There's a plethora, an abundance of life that I would not have experienced had I not met Andrew and married him as soon as I graduate college. I thought I was going to act. I thought there's, there's a grief that I have for uh, not doing more theater professionally before I was married and having kids. I, I grieve that. I watch plays. I love going to plays and it, it makes me miss it so much. I've had my moments of like, mm, man, what if? what if? What would it have been like? And I can feel sad for that. And yet, I also know, again, there's a thousand things, a million things that if I had been chasing that life, that I wouldn't have gotten to experience. Would I be closer to God? I wouldn't have had those come to Jesus moments without Andrew. Like, y'all, like it's, he would have used it. And that's a life that I, I thought I wanted. But like, there's so much joy in my life now getting to do what God has called me to do. There's so much more joy in leaving my hands open than clenching to what I think is the best. All right, I'm sorry this episode ran a little bit longer. I love y'all. I love y'all, but if God tells me to close this door, this door is closing. I hope 
that you find something out of this episode. I hope the Holy Spirit speaks to you through something in this. And I hope that your hands are open, ready to give God everything you've got so you can receive everything he has for you. Great session today. I'll see you back here next week. In the meantime, be sure to follow the real.toryshira on Instagram. And if you have any questions between this week and next week's session, be sure to email me at girlboss.rehab at gmail.com. And remember, God already factored in stupidity when he assigned us our mission and purpose. Mm-hmm.